Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. You're listening to Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. <laughs> it's time to get embarrassed with us. It's Valentine's Day. Woo! Oh my God! How are you, Elon? I know. Yeah, Happy Valentine's Day, Will. Happy Valentine's Day, Elon. Who'd you have for your Valentine? I had my wife. I who hates Valentine's Day, so I'm in a good place. I can imagine. I can imagine that Robin isn't the biggest fan of Valentine's Day, but her brain, her brain is far, far too massive and far too engaged. So I love it. My, my valentine is my dog max oh did, did you give max a special treat yes i did may i ask what that treat was uh, i don't know it's made of some kind of grains and good, good, good protein <laughs> you want a treat buddy you want yeah, a treat? It, it, it was no different than the, what the other dog got <laughs> um hey welcome to lost and rewound here on this thursday afternoon free at 4 p.m every thursday with me alon danziger and i'm will hasty here on radio free brooklyn radio free brooklyn is your one-stop shop for all of the local community vibes that you are seeking musically or talk variety you can listen to us on the go on the radio free brooklyn app for android or iPhone, respectively, RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash Android or slash iPhone. Go for iOS! To download that, or not. You know what? Whatever, man. You you like being an Android guy? Whatever. I will. Fine. Fine. Happy (laughs) Valentine's Day. Since since Radio Free Brooklyn is a community organization, uh, we have all sorts of events, and you should totally uh, sign up for the newsletter to find out about all the cool events that Radio Free Brooklyn has coming up. Interviews, ticket giveaways, uh, special announcements, and uh, special events. Special events, exactly. RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash newsletter. Really very simple, and it will only come to your inbox once a month because we are a spam-free Universe. Well, we're dedicated to it anyway. Well, we want to be dedicated to it. We want to make the universe spam free because you know what? Spam sucks. Yeah. Happy Valentine's Day, spam. <laughs> um, we have a really great show lined up for you this week, and uh, we thank you for spending some of your afternoon with us. So, without further ado, we will uh, not be disappointing you. We will be exciting you. Shall we jump down the ravine and see what happens? Indeed. In fact, we have somebody who is a truly, truly magical person. Who is bringing us some lovely, lovely vibes so, this Valentine's Day. So what you're saying is we're going to jump down the ravine for Valentine's Day, and when we wake up, we'll be in a magical forest with somebody. Not only that, we'll be better people. Let's begin. Thank you. 
Her name is Velocity Starchild, an artist and a singer. She does a show here on Radio Free Brooklyn that airs at the stroke of midnight every Friday called Fallen Woman. Ladies and gentlemen, may I introduce Velocity Starchild. Hello. Oh man, this is so nice to have you. Thank you so much for being here today. I'm, I'm excited to be here. I feel like we have not really had an opportunity to chat much. I think the first time we had a really strong conversation, you and I, uh, Velocity, was uh, when uh, you and Catherine were in New Orleans and you were calling in oh, no. for the Dunson show. We, that did I, oh my God. Into, we did not take into account the time change. Yeah. No. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> wait, I, is it? Wait, is New Orleans an hour ahead? It is an hour behind. <laughs> behind, I'm sorry. Yeah. So you were like, happy 3 p.m. Oh, shit, the show's over. <laughs> it, you were caught off guard. <laughs> Wait, so who'd you call into? You called the Dunson. I was guest hosting. Catherine was. She needed somebody. Show. No, 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 no. But I'm saying if you were an hour removed and you called in from New Orleans, you were calling it at the end of Dunson? I Dunsign? believe Elon called Catherine. Yes. And said, hey, guess uh, what? It's your show right now. And then we just looked at you like, oh, shit. I got like a Bloody Mary in my hand. I'm like, oh. Where were you in that? Oh, my God. <laughs> Do you remember the bar you were at? I don't remember the bar I was at. I want to say Elizabeth's. Okay. It was. It's a beautiful breakfast stop in the Bywater. Mm. Great Bloody Marys. God, that sounds awesome. My sister lives yes. in the Bywater. I they love... Trailing bacon. Yes! yes. Ooh! Sweet. Mother I can't wait to go back now. <laughs> yes. uh, yeah, I was just saying, my sister lives there, uh, and she actually lives over in the Bywater section, incidentally. So every time I go to New Orleans, I get a chance to visit that particular uh, section of New Orleans. And gotta say, it's just a tip. It feels a lot like Bushwick, actually. It does. It, it is the Bushwick of New Orleans. Really? Two of my two of my oldest and best friends from college, who are now married, in fact, uh, live there. And I've just, I haven't been, ever. Well, I've got to. Wow. Honey, you, fail. you fail across are the board, missing right? out. You haven't lived yet. Have you been there before? Really? Then? <laughs> yes. I've been there. Oh, my God. I've been there like 18 times. <laughs> Okay. It's, it's that cool. It's that awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Like New York might be my wife, but New Orleans is my mistress. Mm. New Orleans. New Orleans. You are uh, involved in burlesque or have been involved in burlesque. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah. And before they were calling it burlesque. Before they were calling it burlesque. Yes. What did they call it before it was burlesque? Well, before neo burlesque hit around 2000. Back in the 90s. Back in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> Gather around the fire children, I will tell you. Gather around the, the Snapchat. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that one too. <laughs> yes, it's, uh, <clears throat> they call, I was in the Blue Angel Cabaret and I was a nightlife performer and they didn't have a name for it back then. If I were to give it a name back then, I would have called it erotic performance art. Sure. Because it wasn't like just bumping on the pole. Like yeah. there was an actual method to the mad no one tipped you during your striptease at the blue angel it was considered rude a room full of horny men would actually applaud when you were done and then you went through the audience with a hat collected your tip would you and that's when you would get your lap dances would you consider it something akin to what a friend of ours deity delgado does where it's a (laughs) it's a sort of high art high art form of 
That's oh. how her and I met. Okay. You're kidding me. We've been besties. You're kidding me. Since then, we met on the lap dance couch. My how first I, week at the I Blue not, Angel wow. Cabaret. How did I not meet you before before last weekend? That's insane. It was meant that is to insane. happen. Oh my god! We that fell down insane. a ravine and we're in a forest with a magical <laughs> guest. And this is where <laughs> we are. I met. I'm, I only. I only know Judy through um, Satanic Bingo that I yeah. used to run the door at and be like I, a faux bouncer for. I introduced her to Catherine in that regard. No. Oh, wow. No way! Yes. You, no way! Do you consider yourself a connector in many ways, uh, even regardless of uh, the world of burlesque? I do end up introducing people to people a lot. I don't know. Yeah, Maybe it's because I'm born on the first. They call me a trailblazer. I, I'm the, I'm, the huh. I'm God's guinea pig. I, the first of I kind of just do <laughs> everything first that. before everyone else. And it's, Wait, it's the first of what month? November. Oh, you're a Scorpio. Yeah, I'm born on Day of the Dead. Born on the day of the day. <laughs> Let me ask you this. That, uh, oh, this, this actually ties in really well back with New Orleans because there's a lot of, uh, you know, Day of the Dead. Uh, the, there's a huge voodoo uh, uh, oh, subculture yeah. that exists in New Orleans. And uh-huh. I imagine uh, maybe the first time you were down there, you were really interested in learning more about that. I've been touched by spirit since I was very small. And as I got older, uh, when I was attracted and drawn to New Orleans, it was definitely, I'd say, top three reasons, uh, one of the top three reasons I went there in the first place. Was burlesque another reason? No. Okay. No. When you, so, with regarding to <laughs> it, was, it was the spirit and the draw. Sure. My brand of burlesque is not exactly uh-huh. what they would want down there. They're then, more conservative still. Still? Yeah, they've got more really? less now, and it's really cool. They've got they're they're breaking out a little bit of the classical mold, huh. and they're doing some cool shit now. But they still won't book someone to knife their vagina on stage, for example. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, somewhere there's like a, there's a there. big nudity law there with mm. that. So yeah, I mean, is that is that nudity law? Well, I imagine it has to be <laughs> right. Kinda, uh, it sort of loses its luster if you're wearing panties. Indeed, and is that and is that sort of a <laughs> Is that an area you missed? Do you feel like the art has sort of lost its feel or the effect has lost its feel? No pun intended? No, I think it's just traversed into different areas and categories, you know? Like, Mm. burlesque kind of took this one thing idea. And New York, in my opinion, is the most progressive burlesque-wise. We have something called alternative burlesque, which is where I, that's the category I would fall into. That's where you sort of combine dramatics, daredevil feats, serious acting. Sometimes it can be like, you know, a darker piece. It's not like. I mean, that sounds awesome. That sounds intense. And that sounds like, like truly emotionally gripping. Like, yeah, that's awesome. You uh, were uh, raised in Southern California. Yeah, Uh, Yeah. I was born in Arkansas, but I was raised behind the orange curtain. Isn't that what we're living in right now? We're living in the orange curtain right now. Yeah, the whole country's become the orange curtain. Well, well, why not? Why not the spray tan curtain? But but at the same time, like that's an entire. I mean, I mean, the orange curtain. I've never heard it refer. Well, I've never heard it. I've heard that term before, but I've never heard refer to it in that sort of context of it being literally a curtain. My high school years were in the eighties. Reagan era, so uh, like we had, well, you know, the Iron Curtain at the time was oh, was the sense. thing. So oh, we yeah. we called it the Orange Curtain. As a, it's really fun. Welcome to the Orange Field. <laughs> That's my crappy Reagan. High school in well, the eighties. The Orange Curtain is now smashed a lot flash. Yes, you know? true. Yeah. High school in the eighties, and then uh, where, hands. did you uh, did you go anywhere for undergrad on the East Coast? And that's how you ended up here, or where did you uh, find um, yourself? What's after undergrad? 
Fair. Um, what uh, was the year? <laughs> I went to the. I did graduate from the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. Okay. In, what? In South Pasadena. Hell yeah. But I uh, ended up moving to New York yes. uh, shortly thereafter. Sure. You moved here at a time when New York was not really the most splendid of places. Well, you moved live. here when also the art in New York was the best. My fiance at the time was um, originally from here. Okay. Where, so, where, did, where did they grow up? Here. Like, no, no, where, where in the city? Oh, no, not in the city. They're from the state. They're oh, from okay. Utica. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So that's the no first place I landed. In, in, wow. And it was like being in the town of Eastwick. Yes. Um, <laughs> Utica, Utica Upstate, not Utica Ave. Oh, no. For you other Brooklynites out there. Yeah. My cousin went to Hamilton College. I'm familiar with you. Wow. Yeah, you know what I mean. Wow. Out in the middle of nowhere. Totally in the middle of nowhere. Get out of town. You're in New York and it's the middle of nowhere. Everywhere is the middle of nowhere in New for York State. For six months, but then we ended up in, in Jersey City. Good on you. And uh, I was a Barnes and Noble greeter okay it's where your job is just for five bucks now you stand in for hi you just all my california skills came into play at the time and all the new yorkers looked at me like i was fucking insane because <laughs> <laughs> i was so cheerful you worked, um, worked at a bookstore and yeah. uh, you had probably a lot of downtime to read up on so many books that you probably would never have read otherwise oh possibly Possibly. What were your favorites uh, <laughs> that really stuck out? <laughs> so what was, so what was, I'm sorry. What was the reality of that situation? <laughs> what books were you reading? Quote, yeah. Yeah, no. Uh, unfortunately, the husband was an abusive person. I'm sorry. I decided oh. I needed to oh. get out of that. Sure. So Good. I just don't have the patience for that kind of thing. And if it means I have to eat dog food, I'll fucking do it. But I ended up becoming a stripper in that moment in time. Mm. I was working for this place run by the Russian mafia across the street from the Empire State Building. I think it's still there. Paradise Club. Woo! Yeah. Oh, Paradise Club. That's got to be that's got to be like one of the only remaining strip clubs in New York. Yeah, like a true dyed in the wool hustle joint. Wow. You know, where they like, you have to get them in the champagne yeah. and stuff. But I went from there to the Blue Angel, and then I discovered a whole new... Wow. Yeah, talk about that transition. Form of expression. From the strip, uh, being a, a stripper to being Wait, a burlesque performer. Was that your first exposure to that art form? Yeah. Wow. I had studied acting for 12 years, dancing, fencing, all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah. But I'd never applied that talent to sex work. There was one customer, he'd come in all the time, he never would spend any money, he would give the girls massages at the juice bar, and <laughs> it was an all-new place, so the only, you know, cranberry juice. So he was like, give you massages and stuff, and you just, you you would avoid customers by, he would buy you juice, and you wouldn't have to talk to anybody, he'd just give you a nice back rub. And he was huh. a total nerd. Totally was hobbiting out, you know, and he was there. And one day he said to me, you don't belong here. You're too dramatic. You know, <laughs> you should be working at the Blue Angel. I was like, what's Whoa. that? And he had a news article. A woman wrote, she went undercover and she worked at all these different strip joints and was giving a review of the strip club from the stripper's perspective. Wait a minute. This wasn't the Gloria Steinem article that like no, changed. That was the 70s. My bad. This, I don't even remember the woman who wrote this, but I'd love to shake her hand. Anyway, she gave the club I was at, like, of course, horrible review. Yeah. They're like, if they're hustling the girls this much, imagine how much they're hustling the customers. Jesus. That's what they said about it. Are you so true. Because like, they take 70% of your money by right. the end of the night, you know. Whereas Aren't the you the loser in that situation? Not the, the customers? Totally yeah. 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 
So, but she gave the Blue Angel this huge, great review. And anyway, I walked in, there were no mirrors, there were no brass poles. It was a brick basement with some lap dance couches and lava lamps in the back with some Betty Page posters. And then there was just two sort of stages. (laughs) And that's where he performed. Um, But on the weekend, there was cabaret shows. They had fire eaters and belly dancers and sword swallowers and comedians and all kinds of insanity and in fact you guys know face boy yeah he, yeah, he, he hosted there briefly too no what, wait was that well, whoa, whoa, whoa. it was just sort of pre-jetting surf reality i suppose maybe in, no or, during it was during yeah mm-hmm. okay so that was yeah during the era of his crazy open mic where he yeah. was oh no way yeah it all comes full circle. No way. That it's was all fa- connected. That's like that was, wow. <laughs> Faceplate like interacted with some of the most incredible performers in history in that time, including <laughs> one Velocity Child. Of course. Well, hello. Yes. Wow. What? So that was like a true. So that was like a true. That's a true New York gem. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. What was it like to be living in that? Like, I know so many artists who would have killed to live in that, to, to sort of to experience that. I mean, I'm sure there was its own massive bullshit. Can you elaborate on what that was like? It was I mean, very exciting. You know, it was not often you work at a sort of a quasi-strip joint, and it, every weekend it's got all these celebrities in the audience, you know? Yeah. Like, um, I don't know, Tom Waits, Lawrence Fishburne, Drew Barrymore, all that. Right. And then on the Sunday, days off seas, I'd go to the open mic night, and I'd be surrounded by lots of like Just see the SNL cast <laughs> just coming yeah. through. I can <laughs> only imagine. Yeah. Wow. I might have been hungry, but I was very happy. You were hungry. Inspired. Yeah. Yeah. Hungry and happy doing something that uh, really wow. uh, clearly was your calling. I mean, after all the years that you were involved in acting and then you get into this, you would have probably as a child never imagined that you would be doing something this uh, extravagant. Bizarre. Bizarre, extravagant, fucking bizarre, yeah. <laughs> like, oh my God. I think my life's really fucking weird. Not at all what I was sketching out in my mind when I was 10, but I'm very thrilled that, I, that okay. it's been as colorful as it's yeah, been. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, let's, let's, let's fast, let's, re- let's rewind when you were 10. Uh, both parents in the picture? <laughs> no, uh, not really, sort of. There was a, a dad, a stepdad, a stepmom, and a mom, okay. but like no one was, they, they were, they weren't really there. Inconsistent, yeah. Yeah. What you to acting originally? Oh, God. I started taking acting when I was like 10. Initially, it was just, uh, oh, some adult is actually paying attention to me. But then when you were actually in it, it took me to a whole other place. I got very serious about it. And I think if it weren't for acting, I would have been a sociopath. Acting taught me. I had no mirroring growing up. I had full neglect. So acting taught me the uh, breadth and the strength and the reality of human emotions. Sounds like you sort of fell upon it at a time you really I really to. just sort of fell upon it when I needed to. It was, wow. it was way better and more effective than any therapy I think could have wow. done. I wanted to be a singer, but when I sang, I, I would say it sounded like a kitten in heat and made everyone really uncomfortable. <laughs> so they were like, maybe you shouldn't be a singer, you know. And someone said, acting, have you thought about acting? And I was like, well, okay, I'll take some acting classes. And that's how that most people would call your style of a uh, burlesque daring and very, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. my band was a shock rock band. initially. The band, that, that band of which you're talking about, we have, uh, 
tracks that we'll be listening to later in this show, uh, I have specifically uh, instructed uh, both myself and Will to not hear any of it because it's always nice to have the fresh ah, ears okay. so that we have that fresh perspective. About that band, though, uh, in regards to when you were a part of this music collective, where did that lay in comparison to where you were as a performer already known in the, uh, in, I suppose, what was burlesque at the time? Uh, what's, what's the timeline? Well, the acting thing bummed me out, and I didn't like going on auditions because I just didn't want Domino's pizza commercials or soap operas I to be that. my legacy. That's, that's real. And I, I was spoiled from all that training I had. I was all Tennessee Williams, Eugene O'Neill, all that good stuff. I was very disillusioned, yeah. so I... I uh, didn't know what the fuck I was going to do. And weirdly, yeah. sex work guided me into this performance art arena. Yeah. Um, in the middle of all that, I was going to these open mic nights with my poetry. And then there were musicians going, hey, you should put those lyrics to music. I'm like, lyrics? Yeah, those are lyrics. Okay. So then uh, gradually it just ended up musicians kept approaching me i was like all right fine let's start a band we'll have to uh <laughs> suspensive uh, uh, uh suspend our suspend the uh excitement uh for with an actual music for the second half uh in the meantime i do want to uh address the fact that uh it is valentine's day today as yes. we are doing the show mm-hmm. and uh I, I don't suppose. Are, are you a big love person velocity child uh, star child velocity miss child miss star child velocity i, I am would you say that uh, you have been inspired by certain uh, acts of, uh, say, maybe witchcraft to uh, develop potions involving love? Uh, well, yeah, of course. I just want to. I'm a I'm a professional witch. Yes, I would interject here for yeah. two seconds that I've only known you for a grand total of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, thirteen days. Uh huh. And in that time, you have done nothing but sort of give me a lot of positive energy and love. And that's been a real bright light in my life. That's rare. You know, that that's so consistent from somebody. Did you always know you were a witch? Yes. When? But I didn't have a name for it till I was in my teens. You didn't have a name for it? Yeah, but I knew there was something going on. You said you were touched by spirits at a very young age. Yeah. Can you, are you willing to talk about that? Sure. You, are you willing for me to talk about that? <laughs> I would love to. I'm not kidding. I would love to hear it. Again, we've been down this ravine. We're in this magical forest. No, duh. I want to hear. I'm trying to be. I'm, I'm, I want to be nice. It's a personal dark. thing. It's very I'm dark. get a little dark for a second. All right. Disclaimer. But I'm okay talking about it, so the it's view, all good. The views and opinions <laughs> expressed by the uh, the talent here on the show, Lost and Rebound, and Radio Free Brooklyn, do not reflect those. Of, uh, <laughs> <laughs> never mind. Continue, Velocity. For a second. After three years of very intimate punishment with my father, I was about six at this point. I was across his lap. You know, he was doing his thing. And I was on the ceiling, and I was watching it from up above. And then there was this lovely woman with me. And she's like, you know what? You don't don't have to cooperate. You don't have to do this. What? What do you mean? You can do this instead. And then all of a sudden I saw like a scene from the miracle worker, the black and white version mm. in my head when Helen Keller like flips out at the dinner table, you know, how like her whole body, she's like all her limbs, they're all flailing about. Mm. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> she scared all the adults doing that. I've only got one adult to deal with. We can do this. 
And then everything just went black. And then the next thing I know, I hit the floor because he stood up. And then I hear the bedroom door slam. I don't know what happened. Door comes flying open. And he's holding up his wife beater and pointing at his gut. Look what you did to me. And he's the first time I've ever seen him terrified. He's all his blood just all over his stomach, you know. And I look down at there's blood under my nails. And I'm like, huh, okay. And that was the last time he ever touched me. So the spirit helped me there. And then about a year or two later, I was in his car. We were at a stoplight. Bright, sunny day. California. And I'm on my stomach. I'm facing the back window because I loved watching everything go backwards. Yeah. But I'm in a pinto. And a week before on the news, my mom was always watching the news. Mm. They, they were talking about how pintos blow up if you hit them from behind. What? So, oh yeah, God. that was a thing in the 70s. They had to recall what? these pintos. Oh, my God. So I'm in the would blow? Yeah, they, 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 had the way in they positioned Jesus it. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. So I'm facing the back window and this same voice, yeah. same woman comes to me and she's like if you want to be famous when you grow up you better turn around to save your face i was like what the fuck i'm like um, mom's always saying i have a very wild imagination so i'm just going to chalk it up to that and ignore it mm. and then she came back a lot firmer and this time gave me another visual only this time it was my face looking like hamburger meat filled with glass Whoa. and i was like um okay Wild imagination aside, why not just turn around and watch everything go forward for a change? Just turn around. So I turned around, and within like 60 seconds, this massive Mack truck slammed into the back of our car days before shatterproof glass. So fat, big, chunky shards are raining down on top of me. And I'm thinking the car's exploded because of the sound and because of what I heard on the news. So I start rolling around in the glass. Oh <laughs> I thought I was on fire. Oh, I only have one star in my thigh from it. We're fine. But yeah, so that was another time some paranormal contact came to me and said, listen, bitch, you need to do X, Y, Z. Otherwise, you're going to be this way. I'm like, uh-oh. So, mm. you know, you kind of, that kind of, and I also remember being born, and it really freaked out my mother. I remember when I was three, and I finally had the words to tell her, like I was excited. I could tell her, finally, I can tell her. You know, I was like, my first memory was um, this thought. And it was, here we go again. That was it. That was right just the sentence. <laughs> you know? And I was raised with no religion. And I'm back. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so that's how it started. That's Thank deep. you for sharing that. Jesus. Sure. Yeah, seriously. No, that's a very, very personal story. And, and to think that's, that that's I was <laughs> I mean, those are multiple very personal stories. Yeah. But that's, Jesus. And to think we got, we got here because <laughs> I was poorly uh, setting up a, a question about uh, love potions. But uh, I guess uh, uh. getting back to the practicing of witchcraft, uh, yes. you know, you are a professional witch. You've been a witch for your whole life. It's something that you've known. And, uh, you know, with a show like this where, you know, we can look back at ourselves and be objective and look at ourselves and laugh at ourselves. You probably had uh, experiences of you know working in the world of witchcraft where you look back and be like, oh, honey, if only you were a little more uh, had better hindsight back then. Is there a moment that you had that back oh, then? Oh yeah, it was like, even in sex work. Like I, I just moved recently, and I found all these photographs, that old photo, like predating. Are we talking know, Polaroids? Or are we talking like Leica cams? 
No, like nice eight by ten prints, nicely done for a dungeon I used to work for. There was their promo shots, and I was looking at them, and I was like, "Oh fuck, I was hot." What? (laughs) Why didn't I know I was hot? God, (laughs) I know you're still gorgeous. What are you talking about, Velocity? No, but you know, forty eight now. But you're looking back at yourself at twenty five. It's like, oh man, if I knew. I would have the tiger by the tail. Does that answer your question? It's always that. It's, what, it's always you that are doing. Back, right? You are doing it right. Okay. right? No, no, but you are. <laughs> you are no, looking great. Yeah. No, no, you absolutely are. And you absolutely are. But I mean, like, talk. You know, talk about premonitionary feelings that have sort of guided you in life, especially at the most dangerous moments. Do you mind talking about your philosophy of pursuing magic? Oh, I think it's pretty. I mean. For me, the book that really turned my brain on its ear in my, like, right when I needed it the most, mm. uh, just before I changed my name to Velocity in the late 90s, mm. Prometheus Rising by Robert Anton Wilson. Mm. He wrote it with Timothy Leary. And if you don't know who Robert Anton Wilson with, he was involved with the Illuminati book. Oh. Um, he's that mm. guy. Okay. Um but and you've heard of law of attraction and you've heard of the secret yeah and i'm sure you might have even heard of louise l hay who i think is more of the grandmother of that mm-hmm. thinking you, you were uh, uh on a one episode you had of your show fallen woman i got a chance to hear you were uh, uh conversing with one of your guests about this philosophy i'm very intrigued it seems that you're uh it's both most about uh, a reality that's not necessarily involved with the reality that we're all in it's your own reality is that, is Every, that correct? Well, as Robert Anton Wilson puts it, we're all living in our own individual reality That's tunnels. And, and, and the brain is divided up into two parts of the thinker and the prover. Huh. So, and he gives you these exercises throughout the book just to prove to you that this is how this works. This is actually how, and he uses quantum physics to further explain it. Hmm. So it's definitely one of those books where I had to go back and reread <laughs> a few pages because that was some deep shit. Sure, sure. But it's like uh, the secret is like uh, law of attraction for dummies keeps it simple. But if you want to really get into the nuts and bolts of it, Robert Anton Wilson's Prometheus Rising really spells it out. Uh, to me, that's the foundation of all witchcraft is you're working with energy. Hmm. You're working with spirits and it's all energy we're all energy we're all made up of energy in fact like even this table or the walls same energy as us that's how tarot cards work so well yeah Hmm. i mean e equals mc squared if we could what e equals mc squared if we if we could break all the atomic bonds all the atomic bonds in this table we could power the city of new york for the next for literally the next 10 years right so it's just Just this table I'm not kidding. It's actually. It's, I mean, <laughs> what about the whole room, Will? You're going to leave some. My point is <laughs> solid matter is a hilariously huge amount of contained energy. But you Keyword hilariously. Um, yes. No, hilariously meaning so ridiculously huge, it's unbelievable. What you were saying? It's absurd. It's absurd. It is. But uh, you were saying. No, <laughs> no uh, actually, uh, you, were about, you were about to say, sorry. No, I think I did. You did. Yeah. And now we got to go to a break. And when we come back, we have uh, music that you are going to be giving us some context about. I'm really cool. excited for this. Yeah, uh, I'll tell you all about Man Made. Velocity Star Child here on Lost and Rewound. On Radio Free Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. 
welcome back to Lost and Rewound. This is, again, the weekly show on Radio Free Brooklyn in where we will always be dissecting the audio of the old, your sounds from the past, from the yesteryears, dug up and listened to with fresh ears so we can gain some perspective about what happened then and bring it all back full circle to now. If you want to be on the show, like our friend Velocity Starchild this week, you can do so. Lost and Rewound at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org is the email address to reach out to us directly. Uh, we have so many episodes up online. If you are interested in hearing any of the back catalog uh, for many of a variety of episodes we've been doing ever since 2016, ever since we got here on Radio Free Brooklyn, uh, you can go to LostAndRewound.Podomatic.com. That's our most uh, where most of our Radio Free Brooklyn fare can be found. Honestly, I would say go there first, but otherwise we are on SoundCloud, SoundCloud.com slash LostAndRewound. Then otherwise uh, on iTunes and uh, Spotify and other places that you get your podcasts. Now, tell us about the band Vulgaris. Vulgaris originally was a punk rock outfit, and it was cheaper than therapy, and it was a wonderful way for me to channel all of my angst at the time. Did they start without you originally, and they needed a new lead singer, or did they make this band and revolved it almost... I made the band. Was, made this, the band. was this the artist group that said... We've heard your poetry. We need to put this to music. No, no. There was one guitar player, mm-hmm. Polymorph. Okay. And he said, "Let's do this." I was like, "All right, <laughs> let's just do it." And then we got like Goddess Diana on drums. We had a number of bass players, and then I had a number of guitar players after Polymorph. <laughs> sure. And then, like you know, so this went on for ten years. I had more band members than Badass Burlesque had venues. <laughs> Saying a lot. (laughs) It's just a revolving door. Yeah, when your show is totally nude and shocking all the time, you change a lot of venues. Yeah, and it seems sort of similar with the band. So I was saying and doing things that you know were would be considered offensive on some level. So I went through a lot of band members. Yeah. <laughs> but I imagine that, you know, because they were musicians, they had probably pretty good connects with a lot of venues that weren't um, necessarily venues you probably would have been performing in anyway, right? Or were you... No? I mean, would you say that you had more of the connects or that they did or you was mutual. kind of a mutual, mutual effort? Mutual, because I've been performing mm. for so long in sure. all the clubs and stuff. So I already, and I, you know, I knew a number of... Producers it's a beautiful thing. Drag queens and stuff. So. Wow, uh, so that must have been an incredible mix. I mean, was that was that you calling on what had been um, a number of years of being in that scene? And, it, and so it was sort of like an amalgam of, of these different experiences. I was, and these was like, hey, I got this band now. Want to book me? <laughs> like that. I'm that girl with the knife, wow. and now I have a band. Let's let's do wow. this. Wow, 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 wow. This is a track called Man Made, which is from your first album, and it's entitled... It's all about sex work. It's all about sex work. How I felt when I... Yeah, that time and when I, I wrote it, I was a professional tarot reader full-time, mm-hmm. and I walked away from sex work in that moment. Uh, didn't know I was going to have to go back to it eventually, briefly, mm. but this was a time when I was like, oh, I'm out, and I wrote this song. Well, let's take a listen. It's from the first album called Aphrodite P.O.W., which is not found anymore. Nope. It's exclusive. <laughs> Only you heard. Exclusive. exclusive. Lost and Rewound. I can smell the apathy invading everything. 
poor of me hanging on to destiny as they make a whore of me i My take the costume willingly apropos is killing Warm. me my smile what? is congealing me i can't explain Luxurious. me take my hand don't be afraid every girl is here to get paid every man is here to get laid everyone will be in place and they tell me i'm man-made i'm inside a screaming place i'm inside a screaming place i'm inside a screaming place give me blood and soul money my mouth is open and runny eyes are crying and howling gave away golden honey faking it get them horny kill this chair lead a bunny cause she's so fucking phony take my hand don't be afraid every girl is here to get burned every man is here to get laid everyone will be in flakes and they tell me i'm man-made i'm inside a screaming place i'm My God, that was incredible, dude! Come on. That, that was. I'm sorry. That was no, no. That was that was so primally real. Thank you. That's clearly just like a sheer expression. That's just like a sheer like cry. You know, that's incredible. What? I was here. I was even yeah. like locked into that overtrack. You know? Yeah, that, <laughs> like holy shit! Actually, that's how it feels. You're splitting two a little bit. Oh my god, that's you, you feel wonderful. one way over here, but you've got to get into character and be this way uh, over here. Hearing a track like this with the double layer, I'm curious <laughs> how you execute performing that live. Oh, I never did. You that's never performed I never that got song to. Live. Wait a minute, wait, that's you... my favorite song off the album. Why? First album I never got you... to. 
perform that song is I've done performance art to the song oh okay while it we interpolated it later yeah, yeah, on brought it Smart. into a different golden, burlesque golden, yeah. but, but you never did the singing part and maybe had that as an overtrack no I would love to though. wow that's, that's a good idea because that's that's great. I mean, you, I'm sorry, Yolanda. You no, no, no. I'm just you know, the other thing I was thinking of was what year did that come out? Oh God! No, I'm like, that, well because uh, 2000. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So no, but that's really <laughs> like interesting. Almost 20 years ago. But the thing about oh like my that, God, 2000 was almost 20 years ago. <laughs> Isn't that scary? Isn't that scary? Oh. As hell? So so. But <laughs> I'm thinking of like other music at the time that came out that was a little more left of center, a little more abstract in the execution and not necessarily consonant. It had dissonance involved. No, I you know what? Honestly, it was just more about asking like, what kind of music you personally were listening to that inspired mm-hmm. you uh, mm-hmm. because oh, that's what. Time? Well, that's what made me think I mean, of That came what? out of like going to all the open mic nights and reading my spoken word poetry. Yeah, Seriously. Did, it, sounded, it sounded way too, like, that didn't sound very influenced. Yeah. It sounded much more sort of just out of you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was one of those that was what definitely. Band? Like, it was you. You were the band. Oh, thank you. That was me and the drummer, though, technically. Yes. At the time. But, that's that's, uh, but I mean, all of that, all of that, it's, it's, it's such a vivid depiction of that life and far more importantly it's such a vivid i mean i mean i've i've never experienced that life you know what i mean but it's such a vivid depiction of what i understand as that dichotomy right that split mm-hmm. between what you it's have to be and what you really feel that's yes. incredible yeah i mean that's that's one of the most vivid depictions that i've ever heard well thank you but no seriously that's <laughs> pretty fucking rare that's incredible i don't share that song with too many folks so that's good to hear thank you why wouldn't you share it with many folks it's just because of the subject matter or because no, i guess because it was so old as uh, it's not it's not like a catchy tune you know <laughs> you do share with other people though because you have performed it you said not for oh not no, for, no. not since like at least 15 years that was the last time it was a part of an act yeah do you remember wow. what kind of outfit you were wearing when that uh was done no, but there's an interesting story behind it. I, I've only um, actually really technically done a performance piece to it one time, and it was at the cutting room, and it was for Les Scandal Cabaret, and, uh, it lit burlesque, I mean, and um, I had a stalker, oh my God. a really bad, bad stalker, Oh my God! and he wrote for like this local newspaper, and he'd been promoting me and, and I thought it was innocent at first and then I had him over for an interview and he stole all my contacts off my laptop and what? next thing I know like he started when I didn't want to fuck him he just started sending like all this hate mail about me to my entire contact list and I started getting like emails from my mom going what's going on what the fuck and this it, is it like- was just really it was so epically bad oh no and it was one of the few banishing spells i i ever just went full out and did so i knew he was going to be there i knew he was going to be stalking me so i made the performance just for him wow that's powerful and right. i did i conducted a banishing spell live on stage and Use all the, the dancers knew what i was doing Everyone was in on it, and I was told what he did. Apparently, towards the end of that act, he was super bug-eyed and freaked out and ran up to one of the dancers and just, like, he came with some, I don't know, videotape he wanted to give me, shoved the videotape in her hands, and he just ran away. The next day, he quit his job at the newspaper. Good. Oh, dear. And then I never heard from him again. Good. It was amazing. 
Well done. How what did the it felt really good? No, good. Yeah. Fuck yeah. yes. Did you did you ever what, what was on the videotape? I have some performance with my band. He videotaped. It was just a Yeah. It seems <laughs> like such a shit attempt to be like, see I care. I know. Yeah, I steal all your contacts and I write your evil letters about you to your parents. Oh, but I care. God, what a lost, useless fucking human being. <laughs> We yeah. have uh, this uh, second track called Heavy Handed Heart. Mm. It is the title track of your third and final album. Uh, and that came out when? Uh, 2010 or 11. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, I say 2010. You started in 2000. What was the trajectory? Like how, it got how very did... Fleetwood Mac towards the end. I, I, I was having a long on and again, off again affair with my guitar player at the gotcha. time. Gotcha. Mm. And uh, this song was about that, you know, where you love someone so much and it's, you know, it's doomed. Mm. And you don't know if you should kill yourself or kill them. (laughs) (laughs) You both kind of want to eat each other alive, but you can't keep, you know, you keep wanting to go back and have sex again. Was that something that was empowering your art at the time? Or was it purely a relationship or both? you know, he's an extremely talented man. We're friends now, and he's part of the Alpha Fatal project now. We're Excuse friends. Me, what? Wow. what was it? Wow. We've, we've made peace, you know, but that song was about that. But just but just because this is the first time you mentioned it in the show, can you elaborate on the Alpha Fatal project? That's what, what oh, that's Fatale, a series of, series of simple, tiny cover tunes oh, that we did in my living room with just me and the guitar. That's another track we're going to be playing. <laughs> Extremely modest compared to this song. So, yeah. Yes. Very different. That's coming up in a little bit. We're, we're foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. Yeah. Good. No time to delay. We have to. Shall we listen yes. to this lovely song? Heavy Handed Heart.
I'm oh, very into that. that was, I? Thank you. That was super dope. That was no, I mean, super fucking hard. I, I mean, I'm not look. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. The music video to that song, yeah, is incredible. You can see that on YouTube, right? Absolutely. Thank it's you. Shocking, yeah. and it's wonderfully like, engaging. But check out Elon. It was, and, most of but, it was shot by Val Kilmore, and it was edited by Dave Sussman. Speaking of Dave Sussman, could you tell us a little bit about the story of Mad Mama's Blues? This is a cover. It's a cover. It's a song written in 1929, uh, recorded by two different women, but most notably uh, Josie Miles. Wow. And it's a very old fuck you to the man song. How did you find out about it? I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at a list of songs that people compared to terrorism. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that is that perfect. That's like, that is just a. That's like that's peak, that's like peak resistance. How do I like heighten it to the absolute like level? I mean, I can I mean find especially it. especially for like oh, resisting no. systemic oh, no. like repression. That's incredible. Oh, okay. And it was recorded by a woman. No, that's so the best part. Especially a black woman. A black woman in 1929. In the 20s. In, no, not even in the year that America crashed. The economy me crashed yes. because of who the man mm-hmm. because of the woman <laughs> because of the man because of the man and because we can we can't just say this flat out men but men in general patriarchy i think men are wonderful yes I, it, it's patriarchy i have a problem with not men you said that this is sort of alludes to uh more than now though it does have a sense i think it's very relevant okay done <laughs> onward Set the world on fire That is my one mad desire I'm a devil in disguise Got murder in my eyes Now I could see blood running through the street Chester down off the shelf. 
disclosure you did record that recently however yeah you recorded it with aforementioned dave sussman yeah, uh, my, former my... ex-boyfriend slash uh, ex-guitarist uh-huh. uh and slash i think muse maybe yeah mm-hmm. oh he's still a muse well yeah i think it's important that we reflect on the fact that although it's a newer song it's done with somebody who reflected uh such a large portion of your journey through new york and through making music and you know oh, he was in the band for seven years yeah. so it was significant yeah. yeah i mean the fact that he represented a part of the 2000s effectively uh when you have already made your name as a seminal performer in the burlesque community and now you're doing work as you know a musician how does it make you feel to still be on a good connection with this guitarist as opposed to other guitarists per se? <laughs> <laughs> i i connected with him more than i did any other guitarist yeah mm-hmm. i think that goes in life too like he's he's one of those people i think i'm gonna know for a very long time yeah. He almost knows too much. No, but those I mean, And those that, that's what valuable, makes right? the recording good. Like oh, God. I can leave my ego at the door and handle my vulnerability in front of him because I know he's not going to judge. Do you feel vulnerable a lot of the time? Yeah, I'm an empath, so my aura is like Swiss cheese. High five. Yes, psychic high five. Psychic high five. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's of the very large number of artists who you have worked with, how many people in your life have actually ended up in that category? Less than all my fingers. Wow. Wow. Well, we're grateful that you uh, were able to share (laughs) and uh, allow us to come in and uh, allow us to. It's uh, been a pleasure, by the way. You have you have shown us a humongous part of your heart today. Thank you very much. To be that vulnerable on I can say that word, but to be vulnerable on this (laughs) show uh, with us uh, on this week of you both made me feel very safe. Oh my goodness, that is such a huge fucking compliment. Thank you. Very very lovely safe space. Um, Velocity Star Child can be seen at the box coming up at the end of this month, uh, Tuesday through Saturday, the 26th of February through the 2nd of March at the box, performing her amazing um, unmissable routine of burlesque. I have seen her do a little burlesque Rocky Horror related. What? Where? Uh, oh, you saw where? my Frankenfurter titty bondage Hell one. yeah, I did. Yeah. What? Um, where? Sure, do not. <laughs> we'll talk after the show. Okay. <laughs> Don't miss her. She's at the box, 26th through the the 2nd on the Lower East Side. Get your tickets now. Uh, She's here on Radio Free Brooklyn every Friday at the stroke of midnight, as mentioned before, for Fallen Woman. She has one of the, uh, honestly, you have one of the most soothing voices for radio. You really do. You You really do, actually. And House of Hag is where you can find... House of Hog. Yes, my magical accoutrements on sale. And otherwise, you can find all of the episodes of Fallen Woman at fallenwoman.com. That will be it for us this week on Lost and Rewound. Uh, Velocity, Star Child here. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for joining us. Such a pleasure being double-teamed by you two. Thank you. (laughs) Before we uh, go, I just want to remind everybody, Radio Free Brooklyn is a 501c3 nonprofit organization whose mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy, education, and free expression. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you. To help support our mission, we invite you to make a one-time donation or monthly pledge at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. Our after-school program, the Radio Free Brooklyn 
Brooklyn Teen Squad is now up and running, you can donate to that by going to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash Teen Squad. And do, of course, remember that all donations are tax-deductible to the fullest extent of the law. My name is Alon Danziger. And I'm Will Hasty. Join us next week. We'll be back for another edition of Lost and Rewound. On Radio Free Brooklyn. I really don't think anyone's listening. I that's how I do my show. I just like ah, I just it's out there. I don't think anyone's paying attention. (laughs) That's the best kind of radio show when you're just putting it out there and it's just a pure expression. Never know. Okay. I think I'd be a little horrified if I thought people were listening to my show. No, I feel that. I totally feel that. (laughs)